Hey, what's going on, man? I see you got a skillet here. Uh, what do you want for it? Ah, uh, that's a Griswold 8 there, buddy. Yeah, but it's not restored. It's probably got like 80 years of crud built up on it. Um, you know what you're looking to get for it? It's kind of a gamble for me, because I'll, you know, clean up all this stuff. There could be a crack under there. Oh, oh, that skillet ain't cracked, buddy. No way is that skillet cracked. Well, you don't know that. Uh, how much you want for the thing? Uh, how much you want to give me for it? Uh, you came to the market with no intention of price? I'll repeat myself, buddy. I don't like to do that, but what do you want to give me for it? Uh, have a good day, bud. I'll pass. Welcome to Podcast Iron. <laughs> there was an explosion. What blew up at the dude, end? That's like half the transactions, dude. No, it's not. Yes, it, dude, have, you yes. had, have you had conversations oh like that before? Uh, this thing goes for $150 on eBay, buddy. Does it really? Like that? Like it so looks then like go you buy it on eBay. Like you drug it behind a tractor? Really? So then don't buy. So then, what are you doing talking to me, dude? Come on, man. Yeah, it's funny. It's so it's so good because they want to they want you to pay full retail for something that you need to put literally hours of work into. And you see what I do? Yeah. It's not it's not an overnight thing. No, you it's gotta not. Put, it's a lot of time. Podcast Iron and episode three, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We Podcast haven't said that Iron, yet. Episode three. <laughs> this episode of Podcast Iron is brought to you by NYC Classic Sauce. Oh, is it now? Yes, it is, and I'll tell you exactly why it's brought to you by NYC Classic. Okay, Sauce. go ahead. So, NYC Classic Sauce is um, a white sauce, and it's been one of the, the the main dominant sauces of New York City food scene. Um, its inventor and country of origin is all a mystery, uh, but it's used in all the food carts. It's like a tangy barbecue white sauce. They have a New York City green sauce. They have a full lineup of stuff. You can check out their website at nycsauce.com. And with promo code SEASON OR DIE, right now, yeah. 30% off. Ooh. What promo code gets you 30% off no, anywhere? It's always 20 maximum. Dude, no preservatives. No preservatives, right? No yeah. chemicals. All natural ingredients. Comes in a nice glass bottle, handmade Super good product that I love, I believe, and I have it in my kitchen. And, and it's going to be featured on my new side project page at heat underscore meter, where I do one sauce, one wing every single day. Yes, we're going to talk about that later. I think we're yeah. going to dive into it more. You have a whole separate Instagram now for a whole nother uh, uh, passion yes. of yours. Yep. The first uh, Instagram you ever had besides your main was about hot sauces. Yes. And then it was cast iron. So now we're kind of going back to where it all began there, and we'll touch on that yep. as we get on to it, too. So, um, again, uh, hit up the Instagram or hit up the website at... at uh, it's uh, nycsauce.com, promo code season or die, and no spaces. That is my custom promo code on all of my platforms. Actually, you could use uh, promo code season or die at FBG Cast Iron for 10% off their premium new cast iron. And season or die for stay classy meats, which is where I get all my premium meats from. Elk, boar, bison, all that stuff, 10% off. Go ahead and hit it. Nice. I like it. Cool, man. Also, so why don't we go ahead and start talking up what we're actually, uh, what we actually have on tap for today's show? So, this show we're gonna we're gonna address a few things. Last yeah. episode we talked about Wagner. We talked about the history of Wagner, the gray area. That was a lot of fun, weird, by dude. The that way. was an awesome yeah. conversation. I got so much feedback from people like, dude, that's so interesting. Like, I had no idea that it was everything was written down back then. There was no databases. No, but. No, um, there were uh, some unanswered questions uh, through some of our conversations that I feel like uh, we hung out last weekend a little bit, and you told me 
that uh, the sizes, the numbers yes, of I've, the pans dude, have a, a – we have discovered we've, we've hit the nail on the head out. what the number on the pan means. And it has nothing to do with the actual si- uh, uh, casting yes. size. What it has to do with – do you want to – Yes, so I had somebody message me. This is who, a big deal, by the way. Somebody is... who lived near the original Erie Foundry in Erie, Pennsylvania, which eventually became Griswold, which we'll get into when we yeah. do the Griswold series, which is literally going to have to be like a four or five part series. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy said, what I think the sizes mean are the holes that were in the um, wood stoves that people had before gas was streamlined into people's houses. So back in the day, they had cast iron stoves where you would literally put logs in it and wood. Yeah, And the openings of the holes were almost like the burner size. You know, like your stove has like the big burner. This is the incinerator. Yeah, it's got all the the different size burners. This is the simmer one. And that's why the and that and that's why you'll see the 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 rings on them sometimes because it was specifically meant to to set to nestle right inside a size five burner. Look at look at those. There's a good example right in front of you. There's a Griswold yeah. or there's a Wapak five and there's a Griswold Iron Mountain five. Same exact size skillet. Same size that skillet would work perfect on a number. Five burner ring. See, you know what? This one here that. on the right, I don't know what this one is, but it has more of a flare on the edge. However, the ring, That's a the heat ring. Griswold. Okay, so yeah. the ring inside, though, is the same circumference as the ring on this Griswold, but the Griswold is more narrow edge. You and see it's what I'm smaller. It seems smaller, volume. but the flat bottom part right. is the same. And that's why, because it was meant to fit on a size five cast iron burner, burner stove ring. top. Yep. And literally, the opening of the stove was enough for that heat ring to just sit on that so that the heat would hit every single How do you like part that? of the server. So we're going to look a little deeper into that. We're going to see if we can find out exactly if that's the case i've been doing a little bit of research and it it guys it looks like that might be that's what pretty that cool number means so we'll, it, if that's the case dude that's a, a dude some of the biggest cast iron collectors have reached out to me talking about that like it's it's a mystery still it's We're and, and you know what that'll be that'll be a really that'll be a big deal I, i'm yeah. looking i'm looking forward yeah. to that conversation so what but as I far did, as to but as far as today's conversation so what i wanted to do also, ba- oh, know, I'm before, sorry. before we move we do forward, that. Yeah. Um, the investigative research I'm going to do for the size of the, you know, skillets, um, I had a really fun event at the Willow Barn in Bordentown City where I set up a nice table. I sold some Pyrex, vintage cast iron, a bunch of stuff. And a nice old woman came and said, hey, I have a vintage Griswold stove, cast iron stove from literally like 1905. And I asked her, I said, well, do, does the, does it have different size rings, you know, yeah. for the opening for the fire? And she said, yeah, it does. I said, I think I need to get your number. We need to figure, you know, getting together out. And I'm going to bring certain size skillets and see, oh, this is ring eight. I'm going to see if a Griswold eight fits on to that eight ring. Burner. So we're going to have some answers for you guys. That's, Stay tuned. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Color Absolutely. me. Thoroughly intrigued. intrigued. <laughs> this song here is called Intrigue, by the way. And I is think it? it's good for the history man. Remember we were doing that? History we're looking for something history man. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, so here we go. All right. Last episode. <laughs> last episode, we kind of got into the history of Wagner, which is clearly <laughs> one of the oldest brands of cast iron. You it's know, OG, along yeah. With, yeah, it's a definitely OG. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of wanted to take not not a whole episode and not as much time as we 
did last time, but I wanted to talk about how Wagner grabbed Griswold, how they bought Griswold, and we'll call we'll call this episode the this Griswold is part two. This is this is this yeah. is perfect into part two because it has to again. This is going to have to do with Wagner eventually, but it starts with Griswold being its own entity first, and that was Wagner was always in the business. Listening to the last episode, yeah, Wagner was in the acquisition business from the beginning, right? A- absolutely. So. That, they, so this is so so we're pretty much telling the whole story of Griswold being born and raised and then being sucked right up. We'll, we'll, we'll get into Griswold. Is that what that is? We'll, I'm assuming we'll get into Griswold. So just <laughs> pretend that Griswold. Just you can kind of listen to this episode. You you can listen to this episode now or after the full series of Griswold. It'll be the same thing for you. We're no spoiler alerts. Nothing. Oh. So, so in 1947, Griswold had a discrepancy in the family. There was too many of the kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews, too many people, too many shareholders, too much disagreement. 1947, they had a big disagreement in the, in the Griswold family. It resulted in the company being liquidated to its investors. So basically the company was still making skillets, but it was owned and chaired by its shareholders. And not the family at all. Right. Because Ooh. there was too much discrepancy. They said, hey, let's just let the people decide what we should do, what products we should so make. So it basically became and if the stocks, exclusively public. Well, basically, they put the, the weight of the company's uh, 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 financial structure on the shoulder of the investors rather than the people making it, rather the Griswold family. Than the family, which I guess so whatever. I after know. 1947, none of the Griswold family was involved in making any Griswold. So by okay. 1957, 10 years later, they tried to do shareholder operations and all this stuff. 1957, Griswold Manufacturing was sold to the McGraw-Edison Company. They were an Illinois company. They were a houseware company. They made all kinds of shit for houses and all that stuff. And they quickly offloaded all of the Griswold stuff to Wagner uh, Manufacturing Company. So they tried that okay. for a couple years. They yeah. said, we'll give it two years and see what happens. And eventually, that is the result. That Griswold right there that's in front of you. See how shitty that looks? This one here. You've showed yeah. me this one before. Compared to that one over on the, the shop wall there. That one there, look yeah. Look how nice and detailed and perfect. And the logo's full. a lot bigger, too, like, by the but way. But look how like detailed it is. Like, obviously, like they it was... They put work into that. You can tell just by the edging of the Griswold, like the logo and everything, that it was... We're looking at took, a large block logo four, by the way. It took a lot more time. This here is very small and this very like little... Chintzy. Chintzy, yeah. exactly. So, so again, uh, just, just, to, just to back up, so... So, Wagner in 1957, Griswold Manufacturing, and all that that name. The Griswold just the name. name. The Griswold, Griswold Manufacturing. Skillets. The family sold it to, I guess they offloaded the shares and figured out a way that they could say, hey, Griswold is now going to be owned. Griswold, or Wagner, like, absorbed Griswold. Is that Does that make sense? Yeah, like they, but they we absor- don't know how. Uh, I mean, it said the company was quickly offloaded uh, to the Wagner Manufacturing Company. And okay. then Wagner Manufacturing yeah. then said, they, they actually used that as like a feather in their cap. And went to another company and said, hey, we absorbed Griswold. We own Griswold. What's your offer for everything we have? And this company called Textron, uh, they were in Rhode Island, a company, small company oh. in Rhode Island. And they were like, oh, man. Oh, shit. Like, we have the opportunity. We have to the buy opportunity to buy this, Griswold. All this history. The legacy. The, and they the... fucked it up. Oh. They fucked it up oh. by making it chintzy, cheap, shit. Like, 
not not chintzy cheap shit, but they just made it like this is not what Matthew Griswold had as his vision in 1885. Like this is not you are mass producing shit. Was it uh, the economy model they were going for with the Griswold or was it just plain old crap? It was more of a quantity over quality kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yes. Dude, we made five million skillets this year. Yeah. Yeah, But were they good? They're, I mean, they're good. They were still good because it's vintage. It's fifties cast iron. They were still doing things sort of how they did for the last fifty years. But but they tried to do it more. They tried to cut corners. They made okay. Well, we won't do such an in-depth logo. We won't do so many casting codes. We won't put cast iron on the skillet. We'll just so do I'm looking t- at it like uh, the the hole here where you would ha- where you would hang it from normally on the handle. Yeah, yep. Uh, you could tell like where the casting where the casting gets really narrow. They would otherwise normally have like sanded that out. Yeah, like that right? one. Right, exactly. They just left all the shit they, and bubbles. They left all the yeah. They left all the bubbles and the the un- <laughs> the edges shit and bubbles. <laughs> The edges are not clean, in other words. It's functional. It's functional. It's there. It's doing its thing. But you can tell when one was done for quality and one was done for quantity just by that little right. difference alone. So when you're out looking, that might be a little bit of a storyteller for you. Yeah. Well, it's not It's not only that. I mean, it is still a Griswold. It was made by Wagner. Still it Griswold still has still value. Good, but that just tells you the story is what I'm saying. The sto- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So Textron ran a company called uh, Randall. And by 1969... What did Randall do? What was Randall? Another cast iron? That was the name of the cast iron. They did it very little. Very oh, little. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was, they, they quickly learned that the name wasn't going to sell the that skillets. The, that a brand called Randall wasn't going to fly off the no, shelves? Not, no, no. They learned that, hey, we could put Griswold on something. Just because we put the word Griswold on something doesn't mean that it's going to have the same value to people because people could tell like this is yeah, different yes. than that this is these are sure. two different things and they didn't like it yeah so no, i got you textron owned randall textron was the holding company basically so we, we can get into holding companies down the road but basically a holding company is a company that owns other companies that takes responsibility for a company rather than being what's called a yeah, limited to preserve liability. to preserve the name and then somebody else can and come in and, bit and buy and it if they want to corporate law yeah. all this other shit that started in the 60s that's not what this podcast is for yeah no right. no, no but basically i mean we kind of delve in that but by 1969 uh randall uh, Textron, who owned Randall, became uh, the General Houseware Corporation, and they bought. They came in and said, "Hey, listen, we're going to make you an offer to buy the rights on using the Griswold name and the Wagner name." Whoa! And they were like, "Okay, really? Here, you can have it." They so they basically had a nice amount of change for that. Well, they saw dollar signs, and they didn't care yeah. about making cast iron anymore. So no, they just wanted to make profit. Sure. Which is, so, I guess, what everyone wants to remember. By the time the 50s came, Wagner was trying to change and kind of go in a different direction. They they started Magnolite, which is uh, actually, if I have, I don't have any right now. They started making aluminum turkey roasters and Dutch ovens and stuff. Quickly learned aluminum had nowhere near the same uh, uh, properties as cast iron. Aluminum cookware sure. is good. Thick aluminum cookware is great. Magnolite is awesome. Wagner's Magnolite is great, but they learned quickly that people were like, hey, man, we know you as this. Why are you doing this? Yeah, What's and now happening? all of a sudden... Is there a shift, a change? Like, like kind of how, like, right now what we're going through with electric vehicles, people mm-hmm. are like, whoa, dude, Jeeps? Whoa, electric Jeep? I don't know Jeeps is electric. What the fuck? And then there's other people that say, 
that's kind of cool. Let's go with that trend. Let's see what we can make out of it. Well, because it what, depends on what you liked two... it for. It's like, did you like Jeeps because of their motors and the way, or the, or because of the way they were built as a whole? Or are you a stubborn you know I mean? fuck that doesn't like change? And, Ex- yes. yes, exactly. Yes. So you had two different types of consumers that were like, <laughs> Wagner. <laughs> Wagner was always cast iron, and I ain't buying no goddamn aluminum Wagner. Yeah, then you had the other people. Then you had the other people that were like. Hey, that's cool. They're trying to, you know, go. They're trying to start a new trend. I Aluminum. Mean, maybe was, is it just another? Is it just another page in the catalog? Well, World War Two. Is that hurt, what we're? World War Two hurt all the skillet companies. We'll get through that with yeah. when, when we hit the Griswolds. Yeah, material supply, right? I what, mean, aluminum, mineral supply. I mean, dude, aluminum sure. was cheaper. It was lighter. It was easier yeah. to get. Yeah, dude, yeah. steel in the forties. Get the fuck out of here. It yeah, was so it. hard. Steel and iron forget in the forties was like completely. A totally different ball game than it had been. That makes sense. So by that time, it was like refined. They were getting into recycling. They could literally take other steel stuff and melt it down and make new steel stuff. And that's how they did it for the Who war. Who the hell would have thought? Dude, look at <laughs> look at the steel penny. 1940. Uh, hang on. Hey, Siri, what was the year of the steel penny? In 1943, the U.S. Mint made pennies out of steel. So 1943. <laughs> she didn't read it. We thought she would read it. What does um, it say? It says 1943. That's when they made steel pennies. Okay. And the reason they made steel pennies was because they needed copper for bullets. Yes. So all refining, like it was cheaper for them to make a penny, a steel penny. Copper was worth more money. Copper cookware was like null and void. Just it was just a weird confluence. Did they go right of, back to copper in '44, or did they like? Did yeah, they, they do did. It for, oh, yes, they, they did. did. Yeah, oh. it was only one year. So, Dude, so if you that's have a why they're sought penny, after. If you have a copper penny from a 1943, a '43 copper. There's penny. six known in the world, and they're like seven figures. Seriously? Yeah, and there's they said that there could be upwards of like two dozen still that, in circulation. How- how does that happen though? Because like, oh my god, really? Two dozen still just like floating around in penny piles, places. Well, penny, you know about, what I mean? Think about like like where I work. I work yeah. in a production shop. I work in a machine shop. I don't start a brand new project every morning. That's I what I'm work saying. On that last, so so somebody had to planch it, which is the yeah. Punching. Like do, what you got a vat of copper there? Oh, dump that out. We need to use. We need to be using steel now. Oh like, yeah, no problem. I already made a couple. Is that okay? Yeah, put them in the thing. So he put them in the sure. thing, and now those that. But that's such a small number. Did they do it like on New Year's Eve or something? Like, well, no, not even that. It was it was basically just a guy that. Did they sw- when did they switch on New Year's Eve? If there's a 1943 stamp on a penny, and there's only like 24 of them in the world. That means that for, like, what, a day? Not even a day, like a quarter of a day? They I were think, doing, or they just had some leftover I copper left over in the tubes. I have a whole theory about this, and I am a coin collector. I, I really like coins a lot. Um, I collect buffalo nickels. I like them very much. I like them very much. My theory on the whole coin thing is somebody went in, started punching, and the boss didn't get there on time, and, like, within 10 minutes, she was like, whoa, 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 Larry, Larry, stop, stop, stop. We sold all the copper. Get the copper back. It could back. be that, or it, it's it, it. can't just be we dig copper out of the ground, we stamp it, and now it's a penny. There's probably a no, whole no, no, process, no, 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 a no. chemical process, and there was probably a whole vat that they, they couldn't go back. Up what they, they had, couldn't, they couldn't undo what they've done so Correct. far. You know what I mean? Correct. So they had to go through with that batch, and then after that, it was steel. Finish them out, and then we go to steel. Exactly. Okay, so, so that's what I'm saying. Hey, look through so your how change. How crazy is you that? You get a wheat penny from 1943. You're you're you can you're done. You, you can don't retire. have to work anymore. You're done. Isn't that nice? You're done, buddy. You can go to the flea go market look. and make offers, okay? You can buy a go skillet. Yeah. They're not that expensive. I'm just being facetious. So that's kind of how we tie up the tail end of Wagner and kind of kind of 
kind of grazed the Griswold name right now. And, and that was 1957. Right, because that's when you said Wagner kind of started wrapping up as far as being the pioneer of cast iron was when they were acquired by another company, right? So basically what I gathered, yes, to answer The housewares question, company or whatever? Yes. So basically what I gathered when I was doing all this research, these companies, Wagner, Griswold, WAPEC, they were all started by these fucking old dudes in the 1800s that had a passion for something. And by the time it trickled down to the grandkids, great grandkids, they didn't have that passion for it. And they wanted the well, money. Well, they sold no, wait a minute too. You, you're, I mean, uh, there's also the, the industrial boom was right around then as well. It, the industrial before, revolution. Absolutely. Before it was just where we can do a couple, then it turned into, we can do a thousand in a day. Right. So, right. so it, 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 now all of a sudden there isn't this, you you have all this competition you didn't have before. So that's when you have to start cutting corners and right. you, you're right. not shaving corners like you once were on, right. on, on handles and stuff. So now right. uh, it, it, it turned into, so now this, what was this housewares company bought Wagner and Griswold. Uh, they Griswold. Bought, yeah. Yep. And, and, and probably the reason for that General was because they weren't company. turning a profit the way they were maybe 50 years, 40 years prior. Right. And they were uh, affordable for this, right. for this other Dude, company. But I That's do have to is. say though, for, for like personally, the general housewares era of Wagner, they were actually decent skillets. They were mm. very thick bottoms, not warped proponents. Still like, worth grabbing if you find one, in other words. Dude, no without a doubt. way am I counting them out. No, no way. No. God, it's still 50s cast iron. That is some good shit, man. Sure. Think of your grandma. Sure. Like, dude, think about our grandmother. They got married in yeah. 1952. That was the first year they were married. Good cast iron. Yeah. Then and there. Yeah. But like, to go back to what you were saying about the Industrial Revolution, that benefited I think the Industrial Revolution benefited new companies more or less than companies that already existed. Oh yeah, cause because it's a totally different it's it's a totally different equation. Well, capitalism you know I mean? affected both sides of that fence so differently. Sure. And if like in the in the Griswold and Wagner families, they had so many people that were heirs of those estates that were involved in making decisions. Well, it's like, do you turn a log cabin into a skyscraper or do you just start at skyscraper? You know See, what I'm saying? It's like two different, it's two different, totally different companies. There is an old... And, and, and mechanics behind them, so... Right, but they didn't, they didn't see the quality, the passion for the quality that their ancestors had originally intended. So... I'm There's sure just, they, they looked the other way with it because they... I'm sure there was one or two great-grandkids or grandkids <laughs> that had yeah. the idea, but there was 15 other that were like, hey, man, we could sell this business and each get a million each. I vote we get rid of this shit. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can... There's 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 no way to know for sure, but you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, in that time, I mean, I'm not talking about now. I'm not being... Uh, I'm not trying to say anything out of line, but in that time, women were not in industrial positions in the 30s and 40s. No. So... Children were at, but that, not women. Children, yeah, but women. Like <laughs> the Griswold family had a lot of women that were heiresses to the estates, and they didn't want to go and cast metal, nor did they want to marry someone. And say, hey, listen, I'm going to marry you. You're going to work at my great grandfather's skillet company. No, they just wanted their money. No, they're getting. It was all becoming uh, big production, big name production. So it just became easier and simpler to do. So these companies that were are not making as much. They were able to sell them cheaper. All that. All of that. There is a great. There is a great saying. A little mini mini uh dissertation here there is a, a fisher in Mex a fisherman in mexico um and took an american tourist out and went fishing and he goes all right cool we caught two fish let's go back to shore and the guy eat. goes he goes look at all the fish here you should be catching all these fish keep going keep you going you could be selling these for a profit yeah like oh well then what and then you buy a bigger boat 
Then you catch more fish. Then you start a corporation. You go, no, 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 no. I just caught enough for us to, to sit and chill on the beach. Like, that's all I want to do. Yeah. I want to sit and chill on the beach. No, no, no. Then you can publicly trade your company, make millions of dollars and all this other stuff. And then and he goes, well, and then what? And he goes, well, and then you can chill on the beach. And he goes, well, I, I could just do that now. <laughs> so you don't want to, greed takes over so much. You see these companies dissolving and a lot of it is just greed. Rich or poor, you can still chill on a beach. Well, I know I'm I'm, I'm oversimplifying it to be. Yeah, big time. But what I'm saying is a lot of these companies were dissolved because their grandkids, great grandkids didn't have the passion for it that the their ancestors. Well, was it that or was it that other companies were eyeing them up and they had enough money? I mean, hey, if it came with a big offer, sure. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. I don't want to sell my company. You, You offered how much? Like exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Then go and find your damn beach, dude. I, and I none of this to 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 put out a disclaimer. None of this is me passing judgment on any of these companies. I don't know what I've ever. I just speculating know. the moves because we, we know the moves. That, that situation. We know the moves. We're just speculating them for a number of things. First of all, we're we're not the in we're not those kinds of people. And it was totally different time period. So there's all different kinds of things we're talking about. So it's it's interesting. It's fun to speculate, but it's still an interesting story yeah. nonetheless about uh, the, the the demise right. basically of right. of Wagner and Griswold in right. one shot. It sounds like I have no the idea. Unfortunate, but. I have um, no idea what it's like to step into that world of owning the manufacturing. I'm just the consumer end exactly. of it and all that stuff. It's kind of like when people when people judged. Remember Arnold Schwarzenegger um, got caught cheating with the maid. Yeah, everyone was like, Maria. everyone was like, "What a total piece of shit!" You know what I mean? Like this, like you you know what it's like to have that level of temptation. You know what it's like to be in that world. You no, don't. You know. don't. You don't. Know. Like, there was a dude. There was a guy at Home Depot. He worked at Home Depot. He drove a forklift, right? Big slob, you know, 45-year-old guy. Was, like, hitting on the young girls that worked there, you know. Being, like, probably labeled as the typical creep yeah, for yeah, it, right? you know. All these girls are like, eh, nah, I don't want anything to do with you. Dude hits the Powerball, right? It was, like, in Indiana or some shit. I'll, I'll text you the story after I, after the podcast. Dude hits the Powerball. All the girls at Home Depot are like, oh, Stuart, like, you're the best. Oh, my God, I want to hang out with you. Stuart. Dude leaves his wife. Yeah. Of like thirty years, <laughs> however, just, just you know, because what I mean? he thinks he because he, he can do get all the hotties now. at Home he Depot thinks now. He can do better now, right? Yeah, right. All of a sudden, he goes, "Oh my God, what am I doing? I left my wife and my kids. Like, oh my God, what am I doing?" He goes back to his wife and says, "I'm sorry. Let's like fix this." And she goes, "No, go fuck yourself." Divorces him, sues him, gets half his Powerball millions. The guy kills himself a week later. He stepped into Arnold's world. For, for one week and yeah. killed himself. Yeah. So I am not here in a standpoint to judge the Griswold or Wagner manufacturing company at all. This is all information for you to take in and enjoy. <laughs> that was that was a very heavy weighted uh, justification. I love that account. story, though, because sure. people are so quick to judge without ever having that level of temptation or that level of stress. Yeah. Okay, cool, man. Well, hey, I think uh, I think we all learned something here. So that was that was good. Thank you for a little taste in the in the story of Griswold there, and and yeah. and and the demise of these companies. Yes, however, the fact that they're not around anymore makes all the pieces that you may find out there in the wild that much more special. So coming up, I we're think gonna that's neat. I think that's neat. That's all I was going to say. Coming up, we're going to be talking about sanding and polishing and why it ruins cast iron. Hang out. We're going to take a save break. Go take a piss. 
Why did Why did you yell that? It's the podcast. Uh, iron. You yell podcast iron. Be right back. Not. I'm gonna go take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Brad Leone, and you're listening to Podcast Iron. Okay. More than three shakes, you're playing with it, right? Oh, sorry. Excuse me, we're recording. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Podcast Iron, episode three. We're talking about the Wagner Griswold acquisition. Yes. Um, I wanted to get into why... Uh, sanding and polishing your skillets ruins it. I had a couple yeah, of debates about you told this. Me. But before we get into that, I want to talk about a couple things. Okay. Couple couple quick things. Um I am going to be selling in person at the uh at Westkill Brewing in mm. Westkill, New York, in the heart of the Catskills. Uh that's gonna be the nineteenth and twentieth. Okay. Um twelve to eight on Saturday, twelve to six on Sunday. Uh, Westkill Brewing, it, I think it's the best view of any brewery I've ever been to because you're literally cool. sitting on a porch looking at mountains, like nothing else. Mountains. That's that's what you're supposed it's to be looking at. It's in the at. middle of nowhere, but it's the best beer. I was so taken back, and I was like, I wonder if they have an Instagram. And I went on their Instagram, and I was like, uh, oh my God, they have a huge following. A lot of these small breweries and stuff don't have a huge following. But I was like, they have 18,000 fucking followers. They're in the middle of nowhere. I would have thought, I would have been impressed at like 5,000 followers. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so what is it about? Like that? literally when you're sitting views. there, that's what you look at. Wow. Yeah. Look at that fall. Look at all Dude, the fall foliage. Look at the fall foliage. So head over to Instagram, Westkill Brewing. I'll be there on the 19th, uh, the 19th and 20th of November. Uh, I'm going to have skillets. I'm going to have uh, Pyrex. I also have, I will give you guys a little teaser right now. I'm working with a local embroidery company. I'm going to have some custom pot holders. When they're uh, all done and we you know, finalize that deal, we'll do a little talk with the people that made that. But I'm really excited about how they're going to yes. be coming out. We're going to maybe doing some shirts, some hats, maybe a little this, a little that. Tell me what you want me to sell. Okay? Listen, it's going to be right before Thanksgiving. Perfect. So maybe grab one or two more pieces to help make your next Thanksgiving meal. Mwah. Dude, so delicious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have daily drivers. <laughs> I'm going to have investment pieces i'm gonna have you restore pieces i'm gonna have everything and i have a really cool unique way to display skillets you know what i'm using vintage metal rake heads you know like the straight rakes the rigid rakes oh yeah i bought like 50 of them like vintage rake heads on ebay i just went through and plowed through and bought all of them (laughs) and i'm gonna no pun intended i'm gonna plow through i'm gonna put them on like Vintage like barn door style things and hang okay. the skillets off of that. So it's gonna look out for a cool new neat. display. Yeah, Westkill yeah, Brewing, uh, November nineteenth and twentieth. Check them out on Instagram at Westkill Brewing. Yes, I like it, man. And um, um, there was also um, an Instagram we wanted to, your Instagram we wanted to touch on, right? Yes, two things with Instagram. Number one, I started a side project on my Instagram. Um, I, I started a page called Heat Meter at Heat underscore Meter, where I am testing out one hot sauce. Um, one hot sauce, one wing, and I'm posting it every day. Uh, this is my way of, you know, thanking all of the wonderful hot sauce companies that I'm, I'm very passionate about helping out, helping out small business. And what I do, the way that I, I link the cast iron Kyle numbers to the heat meter numbers, I post it on heat meter and I 
add Cast Iron Kyle as a collaborator. So it posts on two sites. Sure. See, so that's the thing is uh, why make two separate Instagrams? Well, you don't want to cross your wires. If someone's Correct. subscribing to you for Cast Iron content and all of a sudden their Instagram feed is flooded with Correct. hot sauce. See, I'm glad that you saw that. That's frustrating. That. That's I hate, I hate that. And I, I follow specific content creators specifically for what I found them for, what, I, what they do. And for my Instagram feed to all of a sudden be flooded with like, for example, uh, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? I follow the guy that posted a bunch of funny Whose Line yeah. Is It Anyway clips back in the day. And now he's posting a bunch of Friends clips. And it's it's just like, it's I'm not, not what here, I'm here for that. I'm not here for that, plain and simple. So so draw the line, cut it there. Like, we, we talked about it in the last po- last podcast, how you're, um, you're going to be the judge at a hot sauce yes, festival, Boston right? Yes, Boston Hot Sauce Festival. So the the hot sauce thing is starting to take off in its own direction, not, with, not, not taking anything away from cast iron. It's just... We need it needs to be its own thing. It needs to be its own thing. Correct. So what is the Instagram handle? It's at heat underscore meter. M E T it's H E A T underscore M E T E R. Heat meter. Um, I, like I it. try a hot sauce. I tell you what I think about it. I kind of give it a you know a rating, half ass rating, four out of five. <laughs> what does that mean? Um it's I like the some, it's like a Mark, Mike Portnoy scale, right? It's like that's eh, what somebody said. Like, hey, four who, out of five. Are you are you trying to be like Mike Portnoy or something like that? Be like, no, I'm actually not. It's not about to pizza. Be. It's just about hot sauce, though. It's totally a different ball game. Right? Exactly. So basically, I tried. Uh, so far, I did five hot sauces, and I was going to ask what you've tried so far. Yeah, I did Hook and Arrow, which was one of my first hot sauce companies that I did a little bit of work with. Yeah, I remember um, the the one guy that that owns that company it's two brothers he took a train from queens new york to board when i lived in bordentown city and like transferred off of the train to like the the river line just to buy a griswold 12 from me that's cool so i was like i was like you know what man this is this is what i do lines fun i was like you want to you want to grab a beer inside the bar and like talk food we're here and he's like yeah man let's do it turns out he goes so me and my brother like we're really passionate about like making hot sauce i'm like (laughs) Matter of uh, fact, uh, keep let's, talking. You want to talk for like three more hours? Um, <laughs> Another round over here, please. Yeah. So I talked to him about him building this hot sauce before it even came out, and mm-hmm. I was like, "When they're out, let me know. Send them to me." And he, dude, they came out with a two-part set: a blueberry ghost and a strawberry ghost for uh, breast cancer awareness, which is October. Ghost, not as in spooky, but as in the pepper, right? Right, but it's not hot. Ooh. And I reviewed it. It was my first sauce ever. The Blueberry Ghost Pepper by Hook and Arrow was my first review. I did Jersey Girl, which is like a honey hot sauce I did. Poor Devil Pepper Company. Um, they had a fermented probiotic hot sauce I did. And I did the probiotic. The, remember Aaron? Remember Aaron from Hot Sauce Willies? Yes, I do. And he came out with his own hot sauce company called Aaron, um, Aaron Epstein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had him on full slice. We sure did. Yeah. He started yeah. his own hot sauce company called Coney Island Hot Sauce, where he makes hot sauce with the trailer park boys. That's right. I remember when he was showing us like, the uh the graphics for the pick for the label. I have yeah. bottle zero zero zero. He sent me the first bottle. That's pretty sweet. It's fucking That's real sweet. So cool. And it's the perfect classic cayenne wh- like if you were say you were anywhere in the country and you said, Hey, I want basic, like perfect flavor buffalo wings. Cayenne pepper, let's do it. Yeah. He perfected it. Nail that one. Yeah. He so nailed it. So and then, um I imagine on the Instagram page here is where you'll find where to purchase these hot sauces. Oh, you I tag them, them right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So so that Instagram handle again was heat underscore meter. Heat underscore meter and M-E-T-E-R, I'm yeah. having so much fun. Um if you have what I what I want to do is 
uh, reach out to the podcast iron group and say, listen, if there's a hot sauce you recommend or that you really like, let me know. Cause I'll buy it. I, sure. I am not against buying this stuff and, and reviewing like, it. How else are you going to find something you love? How else Absolutely. are you going to know? I, and honestly, maybe somebody's not sure and they're going to and they're going to take your rating of three or five or whatever uh, in, into consideration when they decide what to pick. Because nowadays, especially with the wide reach that you can have as a consumer with the Internet, there right. is a lot of choices at your disposal. So. This might actually help some folks. So that's pretty. So I mean, either way, if you're if you're if you like talking about hot sauce, you like you like uh, the community of it. You're you're. I love it. So this is the place. This is a good place to it. start. So uh, heat I underscore meter. I literally have a whole mini fridge dedicated to the hot sauces that I've opened. Uh, some on deck: Jersey Barn Fire, Queen's Majesty, Hellfire. All these guys are so. The community of hot sauce people is one of the nicest, kindest groups of people you'll ever meet in your life. So check it out. I like um, it. I wanted to talk and address something that uh, a recent change to my page. Oh, serious. Um, Instagram is now offering subscriptions on my page. Yes. And I kind of had mixed feelings about that because some of the content creators I follow says, who's now offering subscription based content? It's like, okay, well that's going to limit the content that I see from them now. Who wants to be a millionaire? Right, right. So listen, so I would see these comedians and, and food people and bloggers and stuff that came out with subscription-based content. And I was like, oh, my God, that's going to water down what I see now if I don't subscribe. So now I get offered from Instagram with the subscription-based thing. I said, okay, we'll try it. I didn't know that that meant I had to choose a dollar amount, and that's what it is forever. So what I did, I made it 99 cents. Okay. I had the option to make it up to forty nine ninety nine a month. Who the so, fuck is creating content that's worth forty nine ninety nine a month? Nobody. So what I did, I said, "Oh fuck, I can't backtrack it now." Ninety nine cents a month. Guess what? You like what I'm doing on my Instagram on Cast Iron Kyle? I'm putting out the reels. I'm putting out the recipes. I'm restoring the cast iron. I'm giving you the content. I'm giving you the information for ninety nine cents a month. You could join a premium group chat where I talk about my recent pickings from the week. You can join that group chat, and I'll answer unlimited questions about restorations and how to, uh, um, you know, uh, restore your cast iron. Yes. I'll also talk about how um, I- I'll also do unlimited appraisals for you because now. This group chat is all the people that subscribe. So listen, that's nice. Now you're actually uh, you're gonna get um, you're gonna be consulting. Basically, you're gonna be yes. how do how do I take care of this? What should I you know right. should I buy this? These kinds of things, right? I, yes, it's gonna be used so, to like consolidate that group of people because I cannot answer those questions all day long. I get upset because I can't answer all the questions, and then people get upset at me that I don't answer all the so questions. So in other words, if you're serious about it, there's a button for yes, it. Yes, there's a button for it. Yes. And if you think that, say you inherit, you know, 15 pieces of cast iron that are all shitted up, and you want to know how to fix them, so A, you can sell them, or B, you <laughs> can use them. All shitted up. <laughs> if that's not, dude, seriously, if that's not worth a dollar like a month to you, what it, what what are you, like, is... Sure. No, listen, uh, there are, there is, uh, there's actually only one so far, but there are content creators out there where I've I've absorbed so much information that they've put out on the internet that uh, from their own personal time, their own passion, obviously, that I, uh, as a thank you, I subscribed just because please don't stop doing what you're doing. Okay. I want to read a message. And that's, and, and it was a, it was, it's a huge deal. It's a huge way to say thank you because these folks are obviously doing this for free for you. So if you wound up with any sort of positive benefit in your life from the information you've learned from these folks, the least you could do is say thank you. Yep. Uh, This is, this is my friend. One of, one of my subscribers uh, is one of my, my friends, Kenny. 
I initially had selected the intro price, which is the automatic price of two ninety nine a month. Kenny writes, Dear yeah, Kyle. Kenny writes, Dear Kyle. So he goes, Hey, why'd you lower it to ninety nine cents? Two ninety nine was pretty good. I said, Hey, the, you know, the explosion was kind of unbelievable. I lost about fifty followers in the first few hours because people were really upset that I offer subscription based content. He goes, Ah, fuck them. <laughs> he goes, How many people subbed? And I gave him the number. I said, it won't let me start the group chat until I hit a few more. He goes, cool, man. This is a really great way for me to support my friends. All of my friends that offer subscription-based content, I pay whatever they want a month, you know, unless it's like it's $10 a, a month. It's a couple bucks. It helps them. It, it just shows that you appreciate what they're doing other than just hitting like every time they post something. He goes, listen, dude, even at two ninety nine a month, that's $36, $36 a year to support yeah. one of my friends that is killing it right now. He's like, build your thing. I'm here for you you know let me know what i can do and i was like bro that's that's awesome that's exactly what this is for and you in turn will say thank you by providing uh personal con uh, consulting and uh, how to take care of them and clean them and and, uh, and all these kinds of questions yeah. any question you have it, it's it's a it's a it's he a wants perfect to be balance part of that it's a perfect chat. balance a perfect Absolutely. balance of back and forth so go ahead and you'll see it right at the top in his instagram here cast iron underscore kyle on the top right on the top right click subscribe he goes people pay so much for bullshit on the internet he goes 2.99 to help my friend he goes 2.99 to support your boy is such an easy decision see how much people pay for cable yeah <laughs> and then after he said that i got another couple notifications of people another couple notifications of good, like good solid customers that i've had since yeah. like the brad leone boom and all yeah. that shit like it's it's kind of like it, it like made me take a step back be like Wow. Cool. Like, this is real. These this people. is the first time that somebody's been able to nail down their name as, yes, I'm behind you. Yes. And, and yes. And it's like, awesome. This only makes you want to do more. That's all that means. That's exactly so, right. And just so, so you know, perfect. the subscription based content is not going to take away from my normal content. My normal no, again, like you said, there's just some added benefits to it. And if you have benefited at all and you want to say thank you, uh, two bucks a month? What was it? Was it? Two dollars? Ninety nine cents a month. One dollar. I month? lowered it to ninety nine cents a month. month. You get the premium subscriber group chat, where it's a group chat of just subscribers. Yeah. You get unlimited appraisal questions. You can ask me as much as you can in that group chat, and that will further educate the other people that are subscribing to get even more out of their ninety nine cents a month. I'll unlimited tell you. restoration questions. And a first look at my weekly pickings. I'll post yeah, some pictures, and it's like a great that. way to support the page. And I'm thinking if uh, this uh, winds up getting enough traction, maybe an early podcast release. You know what, man? They might offer could me this. Totally do that. Heat meter and podcast. Uh, we could do early podcast releases. Ooh, right? yeah. We can yeah. do that, too. We can talk Absolutely. about that. Oh, yeah, God. I like it. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, Lucky Dog Hot Sauce Company. I just want to say thanks to them. I reviewed one of their sauces. It's going to be one of the next ones for heat meter. Potentially tonight, one of the best sauces I've ever had in my life. Cool, man. I like it. So here we go. Podcast so that was hired. all caught up. We're, We're all, all caught, caught up. up. We're getting Whoa. into the sanding and polishing next. Okay, we'll do that. Podcast Iron Episode 3. <laughs> Stick around. Hey, I'm Brad Leone, and you're listening to Podcast Iron. Hey, welcome back, man. Oh, we're here. Podcast Iron. Podcast Iron. So, recently... Not actually, you know what? I shouldn't say recently. Throughout okay. the entire, <laughs> throughout my entire career on Cast Iron, Kyle, I have received so much questions that result in backlash sometimes, 
why polishing and sanding your cast iron sucks. So people um, argue with me, and they don't know. Here's what you don't know about cast polishing iron polishing and sanding. Let me cast let me pull. Iron? Can I pull the curtain back? I'm gonna be the pull, curtain pulling back and guy right now. Yeah, you're gonna Is be the Oz. You're gonna be Oz yeah. behind the. curtain. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Every morning. Oh, when he goes, oh, and he's turning the thing, oh, 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 oh pulling the knobs um, and everything. Yeah. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you guys know right now. I mean, the people that know me know me, but I work in a welding shop. I'm a machinist. I'm a manual machinist. Kyle, do you work in a machine shop? I do. Are you a welder? Yes. What? I, I weld. I machine. I thought that was a rumor. I know metal beyond the cast iron I world. you were a librarian. Oh, gosh. And it, it, I, people thought I trapped animals. People thought I was a professional fisherman. Oh, my God. So... Basically, what I'm here to do is to tell you that would be so cool. Wow, Captain Dylan, dude, he's living it. Captain um, Dylan, Dylan Vaughn. Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, yeah, that was a good episode of Full Slice Podcast. If you ever want to get back, in the back catalog, back in the day. So basically, I have a you know 15 year career of working in metal and understanding metal, what temperature does, what pressure does, what cooling does. Yeah. And that's kind of how I make my cast iron business work for me by instituting the same principles I use in my day-to-day life. So I get a lot of people that say, hey, man, I got this new cast iron, uh, this, this brand new cast iron from, we'll call them Paul Mart. It's Walmart. Or, no, 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 it's Paul Mart and, we'll, and Gargit. Um, <laughs> or Goprite. Um <laughs> Gop right, gop right, <laughs> Gus go gone, gine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> gop right, gop right. Hey, Gog, what's for dinner? Gop the rice with a circle, Oh, no, wait, Holy I need it too. Shit. Hey, Gog, what's for dinner? Gop the rice with such a regional joke. Nobody in this, anyone that's not in this area is not going to get it. But you anyway. Go, if you go shopping ShopRite, they play this one like 80 don't times. Don't say ShopRite. I mean, GopRite. Damn it. If you go Gop in GopRite. Right. Or Glamazon, okay? To hearken Mike Berbiglia's joke. Glamazon. Yeah. They buy these new cast irons for like 15 fucking dollars. And they message me and say, I put a sanding disc on my grinder and a grinding wheel and I polished it and it's smooth now. And I... And everything sticks. Why? Okay. We're going to get into the science. First of all, why do you talk like that? Yeah, <laughs> no, first off, no. take, take a fucking antihistamine before you go on a national podcast, you clog your mouth breather. Uh, so, yeah, but basically what you do when you... So these vintage Griswolds and these Wagners, they have this really smooth surface to them. Number one, besides anything, a hundred years of use will make anything smooth. But second uh, off, yes. Second off, they machined their their skillets. Now, machining is a world of difference than polishing and sanding. Machining basically takes the high spots off. Think of a I was carpet. Say it's it's shredding. It's it's like a blade. It's it's isn't it? Wasn't it's it a like slow blade with coolant? It's a that's cool what I'm saying. It's process. not It's a cooling process. It's not of a, taking out the high spots. It's Think not of a, a coarse. It's not a coarse polishing Correct. it's 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 shaving. Correct. Think about it like this. Here's a good way to think of it. Think of like your hair or a carpet. 
You ever watch those like carpet Instagrams where people make carpets? Oh my god, those They're are so all cool. over the place. They're fucking awesome. Here's a black square, and now it's a an pink, anime character. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it's crazy. So the, you see the, when the, they take the rug cleaning? Yeah. You, you see when they take the trimmers and they go over the rug and it makes it all the same height? Yeah. Okay, that's like machining. It's making it all. It's taking out the high spots, making yes. it all level. Now, like a haircut. You get your haircut all like it makes it takes out the high spots. Some hairs grow longer than the other ones. Some some don't. So it makes it all nice and level. Looks uniform. Now, blow a fan on you after you have a haircut. You can feel the wind on your head. Okay. Yeah. Now take your hair and put gel in it and glue your hair back to your head. Turn the fan on. How much of that wind do you feel on your head? None. You just polished and sanded your fucking head. <laughs> That's what you do to cast iron when you sand it and polish it. The average grinder rotates at seventeen or 11,000 to 17,000 RPMs. You put a stone, a sander, a wire wheel, anything on that, and you're going to heat it up and push. You, you, what you're doing is you are pushing down and heating up that metal, and you're glazing over those porous holes that makes cast iron cast iron. That makes cast iron work. So yes. I work in the... I build... Uh, the company I work for, the wonderful company I work for, builds um, process equipment. They build tanks. What do we have to do inside those tanks? We have to polish and sand the inside of those tanks. Yeah, Why? Yeah. So that material doesn't absorb into the metal. So when you yes. polish and when you polish and sand and and shine up a skillet, you're basically saying I don't want anything to absorb in this metal. So which, that's which why. Which to somebody like me sounds like oh good, so nothing's gonna stick. Right. Which is wrong. Wrong. What you want is those pores to absorb oil because the oil is what uh, reduces the possibility of sticking. Right. Yes. But if you look up at cast iron on a, a microscope. It literally looks like a fucking sponge. Right. Oh, that makes and sense. And those pores that are, that are, you, so basically think of like a piece of coral. And if sure. a piece of coral was flat, it would yeah. still have those pores, mm -hmm. but they are below the machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I was thinking Yoda, but. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. It's not easy being a skillet. <laughs> Why are there so many skillets at the flea market? <laughs> oh, uh, God. So anyway, basically what you're doing when you sand and polish, you're heating up that metal and you're compressing those pores and pushing them down sure. to be nice. And it feels nice and smooth. So what the, I had a conversation with a guy today. When you feel a polished and sanded skillet and a Griswold from 100 years ago, they feel absolutely the same. But molecularly, it is not the same. And that's what makes a difference and as far as the non-stick. So if you want to fuck up your skillet and completely destroy it, now I'm um, uh, then then sand it, then yes. sand it and polish so it. So I'm also thinking when you're talking in the beginning about the machine machining process process that's like a, a microscopic shaving, slow shaving to make it even. It's just taking out the high spots, cold. Taking out the high spots, cold. Now when you are sanding it. Don't you run the risk of sanding one area longer than the other area, and now you have uneven surface? Not even that, but you have uneven heating because that. So here's that, a, here's yes, a, here's yes. Your so you have an uneven cooking surface, and you're going to have an uneated, uneven heating surface now. Here's here here you go. Okay, I run a lathe uh -huh. every day. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I run a lathe at my job. What did I just say the grinder rotates at? 11,000 to 17,000? 17, you touch that grinding wheel on a piece of metal at 17,000 RPMs for 
for 30 seconds. You won't even be able to touch it with your finger. You molten. won't even get to be It'll near. It'll be nearly molten. Not nearly molten, but just too No, I mean, I'm just saying like hot, Rapid hot, heating hot, and hot, cooling hot, hot. to something brittle like cast iron. Rapid heating and cooling, that's why you get warpage. That's why you get con- concavity. So now you're going to have an uneven cooking when surface, When I machine dude. metal on the lathe with coolant, yeah. you know what my rotation is on the lathe? 190 to 300. Super slow because you want to avoid the heating. The, You're just the taking heating. out the high spots. Sanding versus polishing. It's not even like it's not an opinion. It's not a. Um, it's no, not a. It's, it. it's it's literally it's a scientific method when you hit something over ten thousand RPMs as opposed to back in the day when Griswold and Wagner originally did it when they made their best products. Yeah, they're probably using a vertical lathe, which is called a turret lathe, and the highest RPMs you can get on that thing were maybe like two fifty. So sure. you're talking something spinning two hundred and fifty revolutions per minute and a bit coming down and just machining the high spots versus a grinder, a modern day electric grinder that can turn eleven thousand to seventeen thousand RPMs. And all you're doing is melting in those pores. You're destroying the, the molecular structure of that cast iron. There's new cast iron brands like FBG cast iron in, in Texas, Fredericksburg. Those dudes they machine their cast iron. It's good. You can rub your finger on it. It sounds like you're rubbing it on a record. And that's, and that's how that's it should right. sound. That's exactly how it should sound. Okay. But you, as soon as you polish that, you're done. You take out, you, you compress the high spots, and it's junk. So there you go. Do you get it, though? Did I explain that thoroughly? Yes. Okay, yeah, makes good. Sense. Makes sense to me. I learned a thing. Good. Never take my grinder to my cast iron pan. <laughs> All right. Well. Because I'm going to ruin it. Um, that really concludes why you shouldn't use a sander or polisher on cast iron. We have two listener questions we're going to get into. Ooh, um, do you want to do that? Sure. So, listener question. I love these. I love these. There's, it's we can never plan what we're we could plan what we're talking about to some extent, but this is the this is the roulette wheel of this is, what are we talking about? <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where you, the listener, lets me know what you want to hear. Yeah. So I had two questions, and here's the deal with the questions. I don't look up the answer before the podcast. These are all cold answer. Cold answer. I'm excited now. Yeah. All right. So the first it. question, yeah. our first question Ooh. is, what shouldn't you cook in cast iron? There is something that you should... There oh, are yeah. things that you shouldn't oh, cook. Oh, absolutely. So when you have oil... Plastic babies. You shouldn't cook. Oil plastic babies. <laughs> plastic oiled babies. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. It's here uh, somewhere. If you don't know what, what plastic little plastic babies yeah, means, you got to listen to episode two. There it is. There's a little plastic There's baby. There's Bored Baby. That sounds like a punk band. Little Plastic Babies. Bored Babies. <laughs> Welcome, bored babies. Bored yeah. babies. There he is. His head fits in there. No That's a weird. His question. head fell off. His head fell off. Oh, I'm trying to bow. Okay. Anyway, there's our baby. So anyway, listen. <laughs> so when you okay, think about what what's the what what neutralizes oil? Acid, right? Oh, I see where you're going with this. So yes. what's acidic? Anything like tomatoes? Avoid it. Citrus. Avoid lemons. It. Avoid it. Avoid it. What you're doing is when you okay, so think about when you when you heat up your cast iron, you're expanding those cells molecularly. Yeah. And you're allowing this acid to come into those cells and it's gonna push the oil out and absorb the acid. Not absorb the acid, but the acid's gonna neutralize 
the, the polymerized oil. The acid oil. is going to displace the oil that you worked Correct. so hard to get in there. So it's not really recommended that you use any any tomato or citrus, like lemon-based um, stuff, any vinegar-based dishes you do not want to use okay. uh, cast iron for. But, however, if you want the cast iron properties of cooking, like that nice, even cooking, you can use enameled products like Le Creuset or uh, Staub makes a nice uh, enameled cast iron where it looks like cast iron, but it's got a thin layer of enamel, uh, clear or white. Um, so those are dishes. Those are pans that I predominantly use for my acidic dishes. I was going to say, what about those acidic, like uh, ones that just have it a little bit like a lemon chicken or something? Would that be okay? Still, or still, I, still too much? I wouldn't do it. Still too much at nope. all. Not I have a Staub. Or any kind a, of Italian dish with a red sauce. Not for cast iron. Not for cast iron. No. Nope. Interesting. Okay, so strictly your uh, you can, but you're gonna be you're gonna be backtracking. You're gonna be yeah. two steps forward, yeah. two steps back. Kind so of as thing. far so as far as for the best interest of the pan, no nothing lemons, with no uh, tomatoes with any citrus lemons lemons and tomatoes and and vinegar. Kind of avoid that vinegar. Kind of <laughs> keep that away. You know what I mean? Um, got the it. other question I got, which was really cool, I was really happy about this question, and you might remember, I thought this would kind of stem into a really neat conversation, uh, venison recipes. Oh, what did we have uh, when we were testing the pans? We, we had... Have, oh, we didn't have venison, did we? No, we didn't. Oh, it was when elk we were, I was thinking of. It was of. elk, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing, kind of. Eh, um, <laughs> dear... <laughs> That's a terrible elk impression. <laughs> what the terrible. fuck? I don't know. <laughs> you remember when we were little, dad would get deer every once in a while, mom mm -hmm. would make ven venison steaks. Do you remember mm -hmm. what she did? How she cooked them? No, I do not. I remember. I wasn't, I've never been interested so, in it, so. My way of cooking venison and certain cut, it depends what cut, because just like a, like a, I almost said like a beef. Um, <laughs> that's like how a I beef. <laughs> Ow, like a beef. Like a cow, certain cuts are I more. I was mowing when I was younger. <laughs> like a beef. Chewing cud like I was G. Um, black and white. <laughs> like a beef. It's um, an old Chevy commercial. Like a rock. I think that was um, Bob something, Bob Seger, was it? Like a rock, Chevy like a rock. Was that Bob Seger? Uh, you know what? That sounds like him. Yeah, yeah, those Hollywood nights. This those Hollywood hills. laid on the hood. America is still the land of rugged individualists. Dude, our dad Dude's had a Chevy growing up. up. Oh my god, it just blew the guy with an eye patch. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, chilling on the hood. And every one of them demands something. Black lady with a big truck. sheriff hat. Guy with a tie. Dude, our dad had a Chevy that looked like that. Remember yeah. growing up? I was like, dude, dad's fucking cool, man. Oh, rock a move. Oh, rock a rock. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Like a beef. Oh, um, yes, right. Uh, like right. a beef. Like a beef. Uh, so, basically, like a cow, a deer has more tender and more lean cuts, uh, depending on where you get it from. Yes. But I have found that my favorite way to cook venison, if I'm doing a roast, I'll cook it nice and low and slow, get it nice and tender. That's a great way to cook any tough cut of meat. But if you get some steaks, some venican, ven venican. Vatican? Vatican steak? You want to cook your steak like this? Yeah, I feel like everything there was just in a big, empty, cavernous church yeah, type but, of place. No, have you ever seen when he talks to people, he goes out on the thing. Pope, Pope, Pope. 
They, I don't think they yell that. <laughs> Ladies Pope, and gentlemen, Pope. Pope, 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 Pope. I like that Pope. we're putting in full slice into Pope. podcast Pope. iron right now. A little now. bit, a little bit, a little bit here. You need to the... buy the Griswold. Um, Pope. Like a Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was a cardinal when I was younger. Like a Pope. <laughs> Nothing ever got to me like a Pope. Smoke out of the chimney when I was a cardinal. Uh, oh, the pontiff. Oh, my God. So what were we talking about? Venison? So venison. Okay, yeah, back to that. Yeah, I yeah. like to, you can try this, equal parts of uh, buttermilk and whiskey to kind of tenderize your Ooh, venison steaks. And then you get mom that nice smoky use, flavor from the whiskey. You remember mom would get the, the venison steaks that had the circle bone in it? Do you remember yeah. having those? And they were like good. I thought it was ribeye. Well, what do I know? It's a kid. Deer ribeye. It's the same thing. Yeah, right. Um, right. <laughs> no, that's I. I like to marinate any kind of steak, anything that I'm going to grill yeah. that is venison based. I will always soak in buttermilk. You can do it overnight if you want. Don't do it for more than 24 hours. Um, or else, what starts to get too soft? It it, it, it kind of breaks down a little too much. You ever over marinate a meat and you're like, it's just kinda... overcook it. And it kind of shreds. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So buttermilk, whiskey. I also put a little maple syrup in there, a little sage, dill, thyme, any of that. Uh, with a roast venison, you can also thin um, slice it really thin. We made venison cheesesteaks when I had paired pints and Captain Cook's food here overdoing our collaboration. Did you say slicely thinned once? Somebody did. I did. You did? Instead of thinly did sliced? Did I just say slicely thinned? No, I just thought of thin- it. Thinly sliced? Thinly, thinly slicely Wait, thin. <laughs> I thought of the backwards way instead of the right way and thought I messed up. Um, thinly sliced. Slicely thin. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I pull slices. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would just. Uh, you could do nice and thin slices. Nice and yes. thin slices. You could do cheesesteaks with venison if it's thin enough. You don't really have to worry about it being um, too uh, too lean. Uh, and also a way to combat that, I just made uh, bison chili, and bison's a very very lean meat. Um, I use beef tallow to saute the bison meat, so you kind of reintroduce that fat into okay. the recipe. Um, um, yeah, you need the fat. Yeah, you always any kind of fat. lean meat, you can always offset it with a little with a little bit of fat. That's why you get like when I do. Yeah, chili like with when meat. you did, uh, like I think, yeah, I think when you did uh, the elk was was lean, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And very lean. you you had the uh, bacon. Yeah, bacon you cooked grease. it with bacon yep. grease. That yep. helped a lot. That's not like, oh, dude, I need my meat fattening. It's not like that. The fat no, actually dude. adds to how the meat cooks and breaks down. Yes, and things 100%. like that. Hundred percent. So that was episode three of Podcast Iron. Thanks for hanging out. We yeah. talked about the Wagner. Griswold acquisition era we talked about why you shouldn't sand your cast iron and polish it we talked about a couple different uh, listener questions you have to tune in and check that out Um, also uh, be sure to check out uh, my social media pages at cast iron underscore Kyle at heat underscore meter for your top hot sauce picks and at podcast iron for the official Instagram page of what you're listening to right now. Yeah. You can reach out to any of those social media platforms and let me know what you want to hear next episode. I am listening to you. Your messages do not go unanswered. So go ahead and send it over. There's nothing left to plug. We're all out of plugs. That's it. All the outlets are full. All I got to go to bed. Good night. Gotta go. Bye. Thanks for listening to podcast iron. To find out what Kyle has in his kitchen, visit castironkyle.com for his latest list of recommended products. And be sure to follow him on Instagram at castiron underscore Kyle. Licorice.